We are live for the Friday edition of the Mike and Mario show. Excited to be back. It's been a while, but here we are. And uh, what a heck of a week, Mario. How you doing, my friend? Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, yeah, heck of a last month or so, it, it seems. Mm -hmm. Everything is unraveling uh, in the government bond market. Uh, I, I think it started uh, probably in the UK, and it's we're not out of the woods yet. And, and it looks like it's affecting it affecting all the Western government bond markets, the uh, what they call liquidity in the market, which uh, means uh, how easy it is to buy and sell at a very uh, tight bid and offer spread and big amount. It doesn't look like we have that, not even in the treasury market. And Janet Yellen even mentioned that a few days ago that she's concerned about it. And why is that so important? Well, because the government bond markets underpin all the currencies in the fiat currency system. Mm -hmm. So uh, beyond what's happening in UK, we have what's happening in Japan. Setting it's, it's just records and you know ab um, abnormal events happening all around the world in re reference to the whole debt markets and things of that nature. So we're going to touch on that as well as a couple other subjects. So welcome to everybody. You know, hope everyone's doing well. Definitely throw out some thoughts, ideas, suggestions, things you guys want to have us touch on during this live stream here. And uh, let's just start off. We'll just work our way through talking about debt right on into the financial markets and everything in between and uh, see where it takes us. So uh, let's just put this on the screen. So this is something you sent me, uh, which is showing more of the lack of liquidity uh, in the debt market. But here's just focus on U.S., Germany, Italy and the U.K. and everything is uh, trending upwards. Shine some light on this for us. Yeah, as I said earlier, that that's the difference between the bid and offer, and uh, the the wider that is, uh, the less uh, willing investors are to buy or sell because they 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 feel like they're getting ripped off. Mm -hmm. and, and the other reason why uh, the people who make the markets in this they're called market makers usually uh, deal. Uh, bond dealers from the big banks or wall street firms or city of london firms the reason they they're not making uh tight markets is because the market is very volatile and why well because uh they they've grown so much mm -hmm. uh, they've uh, the governments have borrowed so much so they have to issue all these bonds and uh so we've gone i think nine trillion uh, more in debt in the last few years in the U.S. We're at 31 trillion in the U.K. We're almost at three trillion in, in national debt. So the the market can't handle that. Uh, why could it handle up until recently? Well, because the central banks were all uh, keeping rates low. They're all uh, doing QE, and QE of course is going into these markets and buying the bonds. So now the primary dealers, the people who make the markets in these bonds. They're saying, wow, central banks are selling this and we don't want to be holding this rubbish because mm -hmm. basically it's rubbish. You, you know, you'd never have a problem of liquidity in, in the gold or silver market because they've been solid uh, money for thousands of years. But government bonds, they're not risk free. And that's what it's telling us. And uh, it almost collapsed the banking system. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, they say it was the pension system, but. Ultimately, it would have been the banking system here in the UK unless the Bank of England had stepped in and printed more funny money to buy this stuff. And, yeah. and uh, eventually people are going to realize this is this is not real. And, and then everything is going to implode. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, you sent me this uh, little you know, one minute clip from Kathy Woods and how she was mentioning how, you know, not only the pension systems, as you was mentioning, was that was at stake yeah. here, but the entire banking system, because all those intermediaries in between who took on all those liabilities yeah. there. So <laughs> uh, that would be good if we could listen to that for the viewers. I think it's not. You want to try to play it? Yeah. OK, give can me a uh, click on it. Yeah, uh, I can't. Let me uh, let me because I had a, I, didn't, I could have downloaded it first, but I'll play it. And uh, so stick around and let's listen to this one. Uh, I heard someone say the other day, and we were talking about this LDI uh, crisis in, in the UK, uh, that the reason it's so serious is uh, pension fund sponsors were, were uh, beginning to think and banks were beginning to think that interest rates would stay very low for a very long time, for as far as the eye could see. 
And that assumption was built into the kind of derivative activity uh, they were doing. No one expected a sharp increase in interest rates. Well, once that happened, pensions began getting margin calls and they couldn't meet them. Uh, and in fact, if interest rates had gone to 8%, and I think they got to 6% over there, um, if they got to 8%, then uh, according to some of uh, the people close to that situation whom we have consulted, then the pension system would have collapsed. Uh, but it, it wouldn't have really have been the pension system. Uh, what really would have collapsed if the pension funds were not meeting those margin calls were the banks, the counterparty. The banks. The yeah, there you go. So the Bank of England is again bailed out the banks. Mm -hmm. And so she mentioned about margin calls, like nobody anticipated yeah. rates going up. Like, you know, we're late, yeah. rates supposed to stay low forever. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah that's right. We're living in a, a basically yeah. a surf environment for the last yeah. 10 years. At some point, it had to be reversal. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll give you an example. Uh, the 10 year guilt yield, the UK government bond yield, was around 1% mm -hmm. at, at the beginning of this year. And during this crisis, it got up to like 475. Mm -hmm. And right now it's still around 430. So that's a huge move higher. Mm -hmm. for, and I think in 2020, it bottomed below 1%. And yeah, not just uh, the city of London, the pension uh, system, uh, but also people in general, they, they took on a lot of mortgages in 2021. Mm -hmm. And they're thinking, like Kathy Wood said, is that... They never, they never thought interest rates could go up uh, so quickly. Right. Uh, so, and I don't think we are out of the woods yet, uh, unfortunately. And uh, we've had forty years of uh, always declining interest rates uh, since nineteen eighty uh, or eighty one, where the ten year yield topped above fifteen percent. But now I think it's turning and you'd think, oh, the turn is going to be smooth over the next 40 years. But it looks like uh, what we're having is we're unwinding that 40 year bull market mm -hmm. in a matter of months. Yeah. And, and I think that's the problem. Uh, it, it, and why is that? Well, because there's so much leverage, mm -hmm. you know, because uh, in the last 40 years, especially 20 years, they've everyone's had to use so much leverage because rates keep going lower mm -hmm. and in order to get a return uh, they, they have to to risk yeah and that's why they they got margin calls because they couldn't think that interest rates would move up so quickly yeah and so speaking of which i, I was thinking about uh i shared an article of the day about uh, the uk pension situ situation rather and so here's just a headline from the other day, from yesterday. It says, UK pension fund selling Stokes fear across bond markets. And so as of right now, I think, you know, ground zero for this global contagion could actually be within the UK because today, the 14th, they're supposed to basically stop supporting uh, this, these, this bond market from, or the pension funds rather. So do you think with all these margin calls that they're going to have to sell off assets of some kind, then what? How, you know, how will the unwind continue to escalate, do you think, or Will they be forced to come in at some point to try to really save things if it gets out of hand or what? Or do they even yeah. give a damn at this point? Yeah, basically, uh, the mainstream thinking is that it was uh, Quartang, who's now the ex-chancellor. He was Correct. sacked today. His mini budget is what triggered this. I, I beg to differ. This has been brewing for a long time. Interest rates were rising even before his mini budget. Uh, it's just a debt problem mm -hmm. and the fact that we're getting rising interest rates. So right now, the Bank of England, I think today is the last day that they're going to help out with their 60 up to 65 billion mm -hmm. pounds of QE. Uh, they stepped on the on the pedal, so to speak, in the last few days. But watch uh, it. We're sorry yeah. to cut you off, but they didn't get anywhere near the 65. No, they, they didn't. They didn't because their argument was that they didn't want to like uh, make it seem that they were doing QE again. Mm -hmm. But on Wednesday, they had to re use quite a bit, almost five billion. Mm -hmm. And they like uh, on Monday or Tuesday, for example, they only used eight hundred million. Mm -hmm. So uh, the hope now, uh, the hope now is that with a new chancellor and reversing the mini budget, things will calm down. 
and that the Bank of England will be able to step step away and start. Well, the Bank of England is supposed to do quantitative tightening, which is the opposite of right, right, right. And uh, they promised that in the beginning of August already, and they haven't done you know a penny of uh, QT. Um, and uh, yeah, that's the hope that everything will calm down, but I, I have a feeling it won't. But what about the budget situation? Because inflation is still of concern there and, yeah. the, and the energy crises you guys are experiencing. So they're still going to have to figure out the whole the budget. Aspect. Yeah. How are they going to support? Yeah. The thing <laughs> is the budget, the mini budget, uh, they uh, plan for uh, like 50, 45, 50 billion of the tax cuts. Uh-huh. And that's what apparently the markets didn't like. They're going to reverse that and a few other things. But no one's mentioning that uh, a few weeks before the mini budget, they passed the uh, energy price cap package, mm-hmm. which was like 150 billion pounds. And no one's talking about the fact that uh, uh, Rishi Sunak, who was the old chancellor during the pandemic, mm-hmm. he spent like 500 billion <laughs> just during that pandemic and created all that debt uh, through QE. Mm-hmm. So why is 45 billion? that bad so that's why i don't think it's going to be solved because it's got nothing to do with this mini budget it's all to do with a much bigger problem it's this fiat currency system is unraveling and i think that first chart you showed about the bond market world bond market illiquidity western bond markets that's the whole problem um that's the whole problem and uh i'm afraid uh the bank of england is probably going to be uh back (laughs) back on the QE trail very soon. Yeah. Now you guys are going through finance ministers <laughs> like, <laughs> right, I mean, right over there. So it definitely, it has to show a, the, the lack of credibility as well as just confidence amongst Brits there, just to realize that they don't have an answer for the problems. Therefore there is no real solution. And of course, as you mentioned before, they'll never, you know, lessen the size of government, cut back spending, and just embrace the pain that's necessary because there is no correcting what has been basically a systemic buildup for decades now. And so there has to be a day of reckoning, but they don't want it. It seems like they're trying to prolong it or appear as if they're um, able to maintain things, but they're caught in the midst right now because they yeah. can't fight anything because they are the problem themselves. So yeah. uh, hopefully more Brits, of course, are getting their weight up because that will be the ultimate form oh, of yeah. capital and I, relief uh, to protect yourself from these central banker criminals out here. I actually got something the other day. I didn't send it to you, but it's on my phone here on uh, WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. Someone who I met this year uh, when I went to Italy sent me a, where is it? Uh, and while we're waiting on that, for those yeah. who uh, throw some thoughts, ideas in the, in the uh, comment section, and we'll yeah. jump on those in a moment. Oh yeah, I think I can find the article. It's UK Royal uh, UK's Royal Mint lifted by markets turmoil mm-hmm. as demand for gold surges. So this is from the um, what day is this from? From yesterday, mm-hmm. record profits at eleven hundred year old company. So yeah, the Royal Mint is eleven hundred years old, mm-hmm. uh, driven entirely by its consumer business, offsetting decline in the use of coins. So people mm-hmm. are buying gold like crazy in the UK because they realize that there's something wrong going on. Uh, let's see if I can find that article. Yeah, I found it on FT. This one here. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, the British people are, you know, they're they're waking up. Hopefully. Yeah, and before we went live, you mentioned how um, in all these nations where the debt markets are imploding, currencies are being devalued heavily. Gold is actually serving as a form of protection because in nominal terms in other currencies, gold is getting a fair bid up. Whereas in here in the West in the US, you know, you were saying that, you know, a lot of Americans might be a little discouraged because it's not moving, but yet it is serving its purpose for other nations that are experiencing problems. And so, as you mentioned, the Japanese yen in, yeah. in gold terms is trending up. Yeah, it's uh, almost at all uh, all time higher in right. Japanese yen, around two hundred and fifty thousand uh, yen per ounce. So the moral of the story is, you won't really be able to see the full benefit of your wise, um, your your wisdom of being able to save and invest in real money until stuff hits the fan. Yeah, the UK is a good example. Bank of Japan, all the other nations we've been talking yeah. about forever. Those are nations where 
those people who are able to protect themselves ahead of time, I'm sure they're very appreciative that they have weight in their yeah. possession That's rather right. than waiting to scramble when things hit the fan. So just be patient, people. <laughs> and and my, my Westerners, poor Samosa, here in the U.S. Because I guess the, because everything is priced in the USD here, people are like the dollar is going to be, you know, King Honcho forever and gold and silver. They can always suppress that. You know, I'm like, okay, that's cool. But once again, we all know where it always ends up back at is, you know, the truth will be revealed at some point. So anyway, enough of me ranting. Uh, okay, let's move along. We got a couple more topics here. I'm sure we want to touch on. Um, what else we want to do? What, what, what do you want to swing it to next? Uh, what could we swing? What have you got there? Uh, let me see here. I mean, put your spot. So yeah, we got just we'll open, the, we'll open the airways in a minute, but here is the, uh, just oh, the, uh, the bank of Japan, like how they've killed the JGB oh, market or okay, we'll go we'll through, uh, it will do that. Yeah. So, okay. So, so this is once again, I'm assuming as a, as a former, as a former bond guy yourself, have yeah. you, you ever imagined a day where there'll be four days of no bidding for the 10 year? <laughs> yeah, actually, I remember uh, the la I worked in the markets till 2012, and uh, we used to hear that that already about the JGB market mm -hmm. because it was already very illiquid. So they they, they own I think 70 percent of the bond market, mm -hmm. the the Japanese, and uh, yeah, <laughs> and it's <laughs> if you read that the the 30 year yield though is at over one percent. So they have something about the 10 year because it's more important for consumers. Uh -huh. uh, it's just a crate, you know, Kuroda, this uh, head of the Bank of Japan, he's yeah. going to be known as a, a crazy person, you know, eventually in history, they're going to say the guy was a madman, you know, <laughs> irrational and uh, that's uh, unfortunate, good. but we can move on to the, your other story. Is that the Michigan? Uh, yeah, let me grab that one again. Uh, where'd it go? I lost it. Uh, I got so many articles up here. Uh, you've been, okay, so expectations. Here we go here. You have never, University of Michigan inflation expectation unexpectedly jumped in October. <laughs> I mean, they I like to use, they like to always say unexpectedly. Right. <laughs> I, I, I was unfortunate it's coming from zero hedge. You you think they uh you right. I, I was going through here, just looking at some of the graphs, and I, I think it's, it's either this one or another one, but I highlight a few things here. Uh, yep, it went away. But just showing how, how the home buying conditions is plunging. we got confidence the Federal Reserve amongst uh, Democrats, Republicans plunging and all these other things here. It's, it's just amazing how, you know, people are you know, very concerned and they're not willing to continue to base, basically pay astronomical prices for things that, you know, they expect in the future at some point have to come down. So uh, it's just amazing to see how I think uh, I saw I think Jamie Dimon, he was at this uh, uh, Institute of International Finance in mm -hmm. Washington, D.C. This is where all these people who went to the IMF and World Bank meeting went. Yeah. And I think he spoke yesterday and he said, I have complete confidence in Jay Powell. So, uh, but one thing I agreed with him, actually, one time I agree with Jamie Dimon, is he mm -hmm. said that the U.S. should start drilling for its own oil and gas and mm -hmm. stop uh, begging uh, the Saudis and Venezuela Venezuela for, the, for its oil. I agreed with that on him, but I don't agree uh, with him on having confidence in uh, yeah. Jay Powell. Yeah, and speaking of which, uh, that is another one that I wanted to touch on. What are your thoughts on uh, the OPEC? Uh, no, nope. was early, OPEC. Yeah, earlier this week decided to cut back some point two two million barrels a day, under two million barrels a day. So, and the White House is not too pleased with that. And my thought was, okay, like, will this be the, the end of the petrodollar agreement officially? Just because this will decouple, you know, the West from the Eastern or the Eastern agenda. Now that yeah. Saudi Arabia apparently is, you know, pivoting towards the east because all these deals they put in place. So what? What do you think? Well, uh, yeah, I think the petrodollar is already getting uh, getting hit hard over the last mm -hmm. few years. I I had the same thought as well because this was OPEC plus Russia was involved as well. Yeah, and uh, but I, I read an article and the the Saudi uh, minister said. <laughs> you know, we don't want to abandon our deals with the U.S., you know, uh, and uh, I, I think, you know, this has happened a lot in the past. The U.S. has always had a problem with mm -hmm. OPEC, mm -hmm. but um, 
because they they feel it's part of the deal that U.S. provides security for the kingdom, mm-hmm. and uh, that the Saudis provide uh, oil at a good rate and also yeah. reinvest the oil uh, revenues in, in dollars. But uh, yeah, no, it is uh, probably another reason why the petrodollar doesn't have long to go. And uh, now I heard Biden say that when Congress comes back after the midterms, mm-hmm. the new Congress, that they are looking to maybe pass this. Uh, they've tried it before. They talked about it. it's called NOPEC. Mm-hmm. It's basically a bill in Congress to, uh, to punish or bring legal action against OPEC. Yeah, uh, which would be quite, quite big. I, I mean, that might actually uh, push the Saudis to say, "We don't want to deal with you anymore," you know, and we're going to deal uh, with uh, other countries and other currencies because if you're going to punish us uh, legally through your Congress, uh, it, what's the point? So that would be interesting. And I heard someone say that the the Americans are trying to get the Saudis to delay this oil uh cut to november 8th (laughs) right and and that's where like apparently a letter was leaked i'm not sure how what where when but uh there was a letter from saudi arabia from the kingdom saying how basically the Biden administration had tried to encourage uh them to hold off on any type of you know oil situations until after that and i saw a lot of people saying that that's that's you know that's that should hit us in cause for impeachment. You know what I'm saying? Like he's like literally trying to sway political geopolitical events for their own. I think whatever happens in the next few weeks in terms mm-hmm. of oil election, uh, oil price or the oil market, I think is going to be uh, next year. They're going to have to refill the uh, strategic, uh, Midterm reserves. Yeah, <laughs> I think someone called it the strategic midterm reserves, and, and uh, that's gonna put a rocket up the oil price again. Yeah, and, and speaking of which, we'll transition. We'll get, actually get us getting some questions, but you know, Saudi Arabia is right ca- caught dead in the middle right now, literally between the Western and the Eastern agenda, and it's, it's inevitable that they pivot east just because for the last what fifty years of having this petrodollar system. They've lived quite well, to say the least. But then again, as the world transitions towards another monetary structure, you know, you don't want to be the last one holding government securities just because they're not no. uh, risking I, these days. I noticed they're starting a lot of projects in Saudi Arabia that are going to cost trillions because mm-hmm. they want to spend those dollars, I think. Right. So <laughs> uh, you heard of that, uh, the neon city? It's like I'm, a line I'm, city I'm, in the I'm, desert. Oh, it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's some other projects there as well. I'm not saying they're great, but right, it's very ambitious. Is a you know they want to they want to get rid of those dollars and do something with it. That's what it seems to me. Right, they want to put them to use while they still can. And I think it's a lot we can learn from that because they have stockpiled <laughs> as a part of their reserves <laughs> U.S. liabilities forever. And they're trying to get rid of them. And so here on this side, because you know we use dollars to provide them, take care of ourselves. The question is how many, how much of your net worth do you still want liquid in dollar terms in the future when mm. things really hit the fan? Just because I mean, you got to figure out it's, yeah. it's, it's a fine line to balance out how much you want to hold, how much yeah. you want to have in metals and other things. So that's up to uh, each individual. I've always right. said that it's up. To, everyone has uh, different circumstances. Right. A hundred percent. All right. So let's uh let's open up the thoughts and get some questions out here. We got a couple articles, but uh, I want to get some thoughts from out there. So feel free to uh, ask some questions. And I know, Mario, you're dealing with your nasal situation here. So I don't want to go too long. But uh, so feel free to throw some thoughts, ideas, suggestions on things you want to touch on. And we'll how is uh, how ESG, how is ESG in Saudi Arabia? I don't know, but uh, that's a uh, e- environment. Uh, societal <laughs> and yep. uh, governance, but even uh, Jamie Dimon yesterday apparently said <laughs> uh, ESG. No, the markets don't believe in ESG. He, he, you know, even the bankers are waking up to the fact that it's uh, kind of rubbish. Even though it's one of the reasons why J.P. Morgan uh, uh, froze or closed uh, Kenny West's account. Mm-hmm. Um, have you heard about that? Uh. Uh-uh. 
yeah, they they closed his account because he oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah I'm sorry he supposedly made uh, some uh, comments that were not politically correct. And mm -hmm. J.P. Morgan, even though Jamie Dimon poo pooed ESG, J.P. Morgan is following this ESG and the 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 woke uh, politically correct part of ESG is the uh, the S the mm -hmm. societal. Uh -huh. <laughs> The wolf. So speaking of which, while you, while you were uh, explaining that, I did find something. I typed in ESG. It says, says, Saudi Arabia issues ESG disclosure guidelines for listed companies. So this was as of last year. And so I'm not sure if it's changed yeah. or they ramped it up, but apparently they have bought into it or were planning on buying into it. Low, low blood pressure says ESG working well in Sri Lanka. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good point. Uh, uh, low blood pressure. <laughs> and on another story, uh, let me see. There's a, there's a couple states here. So I want to say Texas, uh, Texas and Louisiana both mentioned about uh, removing some of their funds from, I think it was BlackRock because of uh, the whole ESG. It doesn't line up with their future financial goals. And yeah. so they're saying that they're going to start pulling their accounts from BlackRock and entities that support ESG. So. Yeah, That's because another good little I guess back. Texas, Louisiana depend a lot on um, the hydro, hydrocarbon yeah. uh, industry. A hundred percent. All right, what else we got out there? Feel free, throw some thoughts, ideas, suggestions, or questions. By the Rope Starner says, "Dump U.S. trash dollars." I agree. Uh, dump also pounds, dump euros, everything. All, all fiat currencies are bankers' currencies. And if we hold too much of it, I know you have to hold some, mm -hmm. of course, for expenses and stuff, but try to hold as little as possible because all you're doing is you're financing these people. Yeah. Keeping them in business, man. Keeping them in business. Uh, what else we got out here? Uh, let's actually, let's look at, because we have not done that. Uh, let's look at right now. There's a little bit of a downward trajectory. In, in USD terms, but as I mentioned before, pay no real attention to it. But it's just interesting to see how right now it looks like markets across the board are trending downwards. And so they always manage to make that look like a unified uh, sell yeah. <laughs> And I noticed yesterday after the uh, CPI number, yeah, all the markets got hit, gold, stocks. And then the uh -huh. stock market uh, rebounded and went up, but gold and silver didn't go up. It's like... You know, heads, uh, we win, tails, you know, uh, we win too. So. Right. You know, one thing I was looking at this the other day, uh, just looking at how this is just the last uh, 30 days in silver in particular. And beginning of this month, we had that spike up to 21, and it just had a much different feel in the Meadows community as that, you know, something was breaking. I heard a lot of people talking about, you know, silver shortage. And, of course, Andy Shackman is, you know, sharing his concern yeah. over just lack of, you know the supply that he usually gets is it's on a hold and stuff like i'm thinking like wow like i wonder how much of this is bullion dealers just trying to steer business their way by preaching scarcity or is there in actuality are they really having issues being able to obtain things they want or what what do you well, think well i i think there's a premium out big premium out there especially mm -hmm. for silver eagles and in the uk as well yeah the shortages and and i think uh what they're trying to do here in the paper market is to stop the public buying physical gold. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's not doing doing that. And it is frustrating to see that. But uh, that's the only way to try to stop people from buying the real thing is to like uh, manipulate the price mm -hmm. to make people say, oh, I shouldn't buy this. It's not doing anything. Because can you imagine if gold and silver were doing what they should be doing, even in dollars? Mm -hmm. uh, the COMEX and all the uh, the ETFs would be drained of all their metals already because they're already being. Uh, Rafi Faber talked the other day mm -hmm. with um, Chris Marcus from Arcadia. Uh, we never had this drainage of silver, uh, you know, bef seen seen that before. So something is going on. Uh, yeah. uh, so Alex says supply is low, but nineteen thousand contracts are asked for delivery. I wonder who's buying it: Russia, China, or India. Maybe uh, it's not a particular here. country, but maybe mm -hmm. people who, who see that you can buy it really cheap on Comex, take mm -hmm. delivery, and then make like a, an easy 
uh, easy, pro you know, guaranteed profit because of the premiums. Yeah, here's a great question here from Chris. Appreciate you, man. It says, can you please explain yield, co yield curve control? Is it inflationary? What effect will it have on precious metals? Thanks. Yeah. Yield curve control. Do you want me that's to go the, over yeah, that? Go ahead. That's, yeah, that's your expertise. Yeah, basically, that. yield curve control is what the Bank of Japan is doing with the 10-year JGB. Mm -hmm. uh, they've said... We're not going to allow uh, the 10-year JGB yield to go above 0.25%. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and what they say is, well, we will buy as many uh, JGBs as we need to to keep that yield at that level. Mm -hmm. So it's not really QE, but is the threat uh, to the markets saying, you know, we're not going to allow uh, this rate to go above this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it is inflationary, of course, because and it's market manipulation and it's like if the u.s treasury came out and said uh or the fed sorry we're mm -hmm. not going to allow the 10-year yield to go above four percent mm -hmm. so i think right now it's uh, just above four percent isn't it? it it's uh 401 401 so the the, <laughs> the fed would come in and they would buy as many uh, billions of te uh, those 10 years necessary mm -hmm. to bring it down below four percent that's what yield curve control is and i think they did that during world war ii up mm -hmm. until the just before 1950 to finance the war mm -hmm. uh so it is inflationary i would say because yeah. they're gonna be creating uh, currency. more currency and and they're gonna keep uh corporations and bond markets uh because if they keep yields low in the treasury market uh yields are going to come down in the corporate bond market uh mortgages as well and people are going to spend more so because they're going to get cheaper financing mm -hmm. now speaking of which i before we went live i was talking about how i think well, months ago you mentioned that uh somebody asked you about a breaking point can you see a breaking point in the debt market and you said that uh four percent and the 10-year would be a, a moment to really consider so here we are today at four percent and definitely there's going to be ramifications or a ripple effect throughout the entire debt market for this. And so uh, is, is this a sign of something that, uh, you know, things are really escalating in, in I, the debt market or what? I, I think so, because if you remember well, uh, it was the 23rd of September. That was a Friday. Mm -hmm. um, it was, um, you know, the autumn or fall equinox mm -hmm. and the pound started unraveling and the guilts guilt yields are going up and then yeah. the next monday the pound fell to almost one to one and uh, yeah we could uh, come in next week and see the 10-year yield continue to move higher and that will uh, i think that's one of the reasons why we're seeing the the stock market back down today mm -hmm. uh, the the but uh, i know it hasn't fallen as much as it went up yesterday but it could def it's definitely a problem and i think it's going to exacerbate the liquidity problem that janet yellen mentioned uh, yeah. two days ago and the day before she said oh i don't see i don't have any concerns about the financial system and then the day after she said oh i do actually liquidity in the treasury market is really bad and, yeah. and I, I think that's what it will do uh so yeah keep an eye on that four percent <laughs> so here we got the uh, yesterday <laughs> sell off and then uh, whoop, we go close, <laughs> the close, and now we're trending back down. So just look at the seesaw ride. And I imagine the nerves and jitters in a lot of people's stomach, man, when they're watching, especially for the people who probably log into their accounts and they see just, you know, oh, red, green, red, green. It's like, ah. The best uh, thing is to put, put, Put it away and not look at it when it's like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stay away from it. And speaking of which, uh, let me see. There's another headline I wanted to definitely share. Let me see if I can find it. It talks about, let me see. Will I find, can I find it? Uh, let me know if you see any or comments out in the chat. Feel free to throw yeah. it. Oh, uh, Pagan Warrior. Can you see? Uh, Don Diamond. Oh, Don Diamond. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> prison. Uh, no. no, I actually think Don Dime, there's a better chance of him becoming president. Not that I like him right. and him going to jail. <laughs> he actually said that uh, Biden and, and Trump have no uh, clue that they're not good 
diplomatic wise for the mm-hmm. for America. They need someone more diplomatic. I, I thought that was interesting. I, I mean, I think Trump, of course, was better than Biden, but uh, yeah, Biden is a loose cannon. Yeah. Um, I wanted. To, I was trying to find an article, but I can't find it. But I did see a little visual aid here just to show you, um, highlight some of the as the uh, investment narrative changes. Here we have. Let me share this with you. This is uh, the sixty forty portfolio. Uh, worst year to date return in the past a hundred years. And wow. uh, this was yeah. coming off of Bank of America and shared by Ben Johnson. But and I, that just plays into just a narrative, man, of like just buy and hold and. Just trust that everything will be all right because the markets, they always, on the long run, they always trend upwards. Okay, yeah, sure. But eh, in the midst of a reset, I'm not quite sure we can count upon that because this is a slaughter. This is a huge uh, haircut, especially Mm -hmm. for people who uh, just started uh, investing, I guess, Mm -hmm. two, three years and to have this happen to their portfolio. Maybe for people who have been doing it for decades. Mm-hmm. Yes, it will affect it, but not. it won't be too bad. Um, uh, that's why I always look at investment as, you know, you, you got to invest in yourself first and your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe if you are going to invest in other things, uh, do something, invest in something that you know about mm-hmm. and that uh, you believe in so you can hold on to it while you get these kinds of uh, drawdowns. But yeah, the bond... Uh, the 60-40, yeah, because usually when you have a bear market in bonds or you've had in the last 20, 30 years, mm-hmm. if you've had, a sorry, a bear market in stocks, bonds usually do really well. Right. right. But this year, it's like, no, it's, they're all, you know, all. <laughs> even government bonds haven't done well. So yeah. that's, that's why uh, it, it's so. Uh, right. And that's so, the thing, like, because of inflationary numbers, Neither one of them have been <laughs> great. Yeah. Uh, not not to say even a hedge against inflation, but they they haven't even outperformed inflation that whatsoever. So you're still losing. Now it's more so like you know, are you what are you willing to lose less the fastest in like type of thing? No, so, I mean unfortunately, even for Americans, even gold and silver haven't a hedge this year right. uh, against inflation. Even though if you look back, uh, yeah. Uh, over the last 20 years, they, they have been good hedges against inflation. But uh, yeah. uh, I, I think, uh, as we said, we need to be patient. Right. A hundred percent. Here's a question here about uh, Jeremy Hunt. Jeremy <laughs> Hunt will be a disaster. What do you think of the rumors about Sunak and Murdoch Mur- Mur- being at number at no 10, 11 at no 10. Uh, oh yeah. Well, I don't know what that is. yeah, I'll, uh, well, Jeremy Hunt, he's he's uh, he used to be the health secretary some years ago, mm-hmm. and he he didn't do a good job. He was very draconian during lockdowns, yeah. and now he's the chancellor of the exchequer. He's just going to be a puppet for you know the Bank of England and the bankers uh, in terms of being the chancellor. Uh, yeah. The other uh, comment that the rest of the comment is that there are rumors that they want to replace even um, Truss. They want to get rid of her and wow. put, put those two people at number mm-hmm. 10 and number 11. Number 10 is where the prime minister lives. Number 11 is where the chancellor lives. It's in Downing Street. Yeah. So they're neighbors. Now, let me ask you a question. So I've, I've never been to that region there. So, like, can you literally walk down the street? Tent, you know. Well, they, you used to be able to walk into Downing Street, and but now they have a gate. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was always wondering. I see you, you know, can always the, you can look through the gate. I've never really gone. I don't don't really care to go there and have a look. But uh, yeah. yeah, you can go on Google Map and have a look at it. Downing Street. Here's a uh, little t- the video you sent me uh, about uh, Hunt and his his praise of the whole health experience done by done China. by China there and how. Yeah, well, he's married to a Chinese uh, woman as well. Yeah. And he was low key praising China in their response, and he's like, "Well, we don't need to go that far, but you know, something like that would definitely help." I'm like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> something like that." So yeah, anyway, keep it going. What else we got here? Um, here is George says, "Gold and Silver will have their day. Been waiting since 1980. Is 42 years long enough, or maybe 84 years?" 
<laughs> long well, as you, you know, got it, you're better than the average person, man. Here for me in the UK, it's done a very good job since 2002. Mm -hmm. But um, it is frustrating, I have to say. <laughs> Even when I started out it, uh, in 2002, mm -hmm. uh, it started going up in dollars, but then the pound was strong and it uh, said, well, it's doing nothing. But eventually in 06, 07, with the crisis, it mm -hmm. really took off. Yeah. Uh, here's a question here from Roberts. Because this says, uh, so if everyone gets a haircut, can that be deflationary? Yeah. Yeah. The, well, if you cut the money supply, mm -hmm. but it doesn't look like they want haircuts because, you know, when push comes to shove, as we saw recently the bank of you know they will intervene like the bank of england did to keep things going yeah it's it's the same thing inflate or die or deflate and die which you know pick your poison like either way it go yeah. there's gonna be a there's gonna be a day of reckoning just because yeah the if, if they uh, if they deflate and die there's gonna be loads of bankruptcies mm -hmm. uh, loads of banks are gonna go under like we saw uh kathy wood saying that mm -hmm. the uk banks so if you had money in the bank you'd be you know, in trouble, mm -hmm. uh, or they inflate and, and then the money becomes worthless. And right. then you, in, in either case, you want to have some, some metals and, uh, and I say gold metal, have some metals, not because I think it's a trade, but because it will, uh, maintain your, you know, not a pro it will help you maintain it's liquidity, a fairly good standard of living. You won't become poor. Correct. Uh, and I say, at, at the end of the day, it, 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 I think it will be the best form of, of, of capital that a person can have yeah. outside of all the contagion of digital paper illusions that yeah. they, we've been bombarded with. And we've mistaken them as being assets because we were told that, like, yeah, you yeah. Know, my government debt and hold it is going to always yeah. yield. Safe, safe right. Man, man, man. And speaking yeah. of which, I, I know a lot of this, you know, well before now, we were talking about this last year, I think, the whole Basel III. And with the banks scrambling to make, you know, gold tier one capital assets that banks can have on their balance sheet, real physical gold, like the banks have an insurance hedge against the debt, the losses that they're going to take with the gold they have in their possession. And then central banks around the world has been running towards gold as well. So they even know that they're going to need something to sure up confidence when things is needed to re be rebooted. So, yeah, yeah just, you know, be, your, be your, your own central bank is the old saying, isn't it? Right. Uh, let me see. So someone says, Mark says, will inflation destroy the Fed? Uh, it's it's going to, I mean, no, because they're still in, they're still in position, I think, and working in cahoots with the government to where that's why I think they're wanting that CBDC stuff to be the next medium of exchange that they have control over. So I don't think it's going to destroy them outright. It'll just reshuffle some yeah. things, but the, our governments will never be able to do the right thing. And alleviate no. central banking. And, uh, yeah. Well, so anyway, you know, uh, there's a good chance, though, that it could because <laughs> we were talking before we came on air that uh, apparently there's some people who've done some research uh, of central banking and economics in the last 300 years and that <laughs> it takes at least seven years uh, right. to bring inflation down from eight to two percent. Yeah. So we could have a whole decade still up until. 2030 of high inflation and, and it could hurt the fed uh not just uh it's uh a balance sheet but mm -hmm. also its credibility and its popularity because the fed is a political institution it's yeah. created by an act of congress yeah well okay so so I, that i know i no doubt agree with that but then think about on the flip side of that as the economies deteriorate and people lose everything financially speaking, denominated in those Federal Reserve notes, how much easier and how much more of a stronger stance they might have if they try to come out with the next form of medium exchange, this legal tender that people have to accept in order to try to get the bare minimum essentials for life. Like it, it, it'll hurt, it'll suck. A, a, small, a small amount of us will say, no, no CBDCs, I'm going to stay away from them. Why? Because I have gold and silver, I have crypto, whatever. I don't yeah. need it. But then again, your average Joe who don't have anything, they'd be like, sign me up. And that's the bad part where, you know, so it's a give or take, but we'll see. <laughs> hope, it don't, hope it don't work, but I would hold my breath. 
how much precious metals can you travel with? Can you travel internationally with? Oh, I'll, I'll uh, answer that. Yeah. I mean, not, I don't know exactly, but you know, uh, I went to uh, Portugal, to Madeira, mm -hmm. uh, 10 days ago or so, a couple of weeks ago, and I took three little coins with me, like quarter ounce coins of mm -hmm. gold. And I put it in my pocket with all my other change. Mm -hmm. so, and when you go through uh, uh, security at airports, they don't even know. Mm -hmm. So uh, <laughs> it depends. You have to, you know, but if I took like a, a hundred sovereigns in my Two. pocket, yeah, then maybe, yeah, but you can take a few. Mm -hmm. And I found a place uh, in Madeira mm -hmm. uh, where they buy and sell gold. I also found a, a local coin shop there. Mm -hmm. So, Yes, some people say, "Oh, you can't travel your gold." You can. You just got to be use your use your head, you right. know, because most people don't even haven't ever seen a, a gold coin. So right. if you put, uh, what I recommend is the the ones that aren't as shiny, not the twenty four carat ones, mm -hmm. you know, the the twenty two or the ninety percent coins, because they look a bit coppery. Mm -hmm. So you put that together with the, all your other change. And um, they won't even know when you put it in that box, you know, through security. Yeah, that's good, it, man. And it's gold. Uh, yeah, and so that, that's yeah. You know, so you can get away with it. Uh, yeah, I don't know how many you could you could take quite a few, but but I mean, so so you're so you're not supposed to have more than ten thousand, or you have to declare it. Oh, that's in the U.S. Yeah, in the U.S. I don't think we we don't have any rules here in the U.K. Really? Okay, that's different. Or not that know. I know of. Yeah. So yeah, that's so it basically it's, it's it depends on what jurisdiction you're in. Because here, yeah, you could take uh, five thousand uh, dollars in you know little uh, pre nineteen thirty three. Let's say five dollar uh, e uh, half eagles, mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah. Uh, all right. What else we got here? What about face value for market value, Pablo Pina? We're not sure what we're talking about there. Uh, Alex says, question, if banks are forced to hold large cash reserves, it will help with reduce the currency and circulation, thus keeping pushing prices down. Um, if uh, large cash reserves. Yeah. So I still, to my knowledge, they're still, they don't have to have any capital, any oh, cash reserves. I, I think uh, Alex is talking. It, were you listening, Alex, to uh, Greg Manorino? Uh, I think he, he said that uh, one way to stop inflation would be to, force banks to hold more cash mm -hmm. you know to make less loans mm -hmm. and i agree with him but that that would have the same impact as raising rates and, and that would put the economy in a recession as well so yeah what greg manarino said was right but the, the other way to do that to make banks hold more cash is to raise interest rates through the roof because they're gonna keep the you know they're not gonna lend money to the public if the fed's paying them 10 percent mm -hmm. so yeah that's a way to do it I, i'm not sure what greg was thinking there but i agree that they could uh because right now the banks don't have to re hold much reserves so mm -hmm. the fed said oh you need to keep like 20 percent in reserves that would really stop the economy uh but it would also create a recession and stop inflation but uh yeah, I think the question from Pablo Pino, yeah, uh, the face value is be like, like for example, uh, the the $50 eagle, uh, one, yeah, or... and also the sovereign is technically one pound, but mm -hmm. it's worth about 400 pounds. Mm -hmm. The the you know, the nominal value, yeah, and, and I think the uh, the gold eagles from the 80s, they're $50, aren't they, even though. Yeah, announce the gold. So you could say, "Oh, I'm taking fifty dollars," and, and you are technically. So uh, yeah, I'm saying, I, yeah, I wouldn't want to be. Uh, yeah, so that that makes sense. You know, face value legally. Legally, you're right. You know, right. But I, you know, uh, just because the lack of monetary and literacy that the people in their TSA may have, I wouldn't want to be caught with a two. No, but if you, well, you showed <laughs> it to them. I've got. Let's say if you have uh, a twenty uh, uh, one ounce gold eagles. Mm -hmm. You can say that uh, you've got uh, what's that? You know, ten is it ten twenty times fifty? Yeah. So that's is that ten thousand? Uh, should be. Yeah. So, 
So if you take 19, you know, you, you have just under, even though you'd have more than 10,000, you know, in fiat <laughs> value. And, and you, you know, they can't really argue with you because it says it, it's a legal tender coin. Yeah. You know, $50. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, that's it's, on, on the surface. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, <laughs> that's, it, that's real. It's a thousand. Oh man. That's just, it just seems a little bit concerning. Like, you know, that's a lot of, that's, you know, a lot of purchasing power to be carrying. Um, the track yeah. and the plane in the midst of yes, a thousand dollars actually only fifty times twenty. So, but you're actually uh, let's say times sixteen fifty. You carrying thirty three thousand dollars, but it's actually just uh, in fiat dollars. But mm -hmm. you're only carrying a thousand dollars in gold dollars. In gold dollars, yeah, that is uh, okay. That's 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 a good angle to look at it. Uh, what else we got here? Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> Let us see. We'll go over these two. Uh, let me see. No more questions. I think. Well, we're about 50 minutes. Uh, yeah. We're ready to dial back. Um, all right, people. Well, as always, it, it was great to connect. Mario, excited to have Thank you back, you. man. Yeah. Have you back home. Good connect with you as well. Hope you feel better as well. Thank um, you. Weather's changing, everything in between. We're going to be thrown with all types of craziness. We got, what, less than 50 days of 2022-ish. So it's going to be interesting to say the least. But uh, – yeah, continue mm. to take advantage of opportunities as they present themselves, man. Yeah. You know, build your skills, get out of uh, debt as best you can, get your weight up, calories up, ammo up, everything up that you need. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to work on smiling more. I, I pay too much attention to all these stories in the mainstream news where it's, I've, I've allowed it to steal a little bit of my joy. So I want to take back what's rightfully mine and smile more and look for more positive things in life rather than just, you know, the doom and gloom stuff. So that's just on my side, a little bit of a rant. Anyway, any any good news you want to leave us with before we sign off, or any thoughts of parts of thoughts of wisdom? Uh, well, no, just uh, <laughs> nothing really today. Just uh, I, I guess just try to uh, avoid uh, all the noise out there and like uh, keep it real, as you say. Yeah, because there's so much going on out there. That's very true, man. That is very true. Um, all right, well, everybody, be blessed, be safe. Manico 64, rethinking a dollar. You know where I'm at. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Be blessed, be safe. Back at next week. I'm sure we'll have a lot of things to cover. So see you guys later. Peace. <laughs>